0: Shouting like a madman Look like Mr. Clean The next thing he said was Slime in the ice machine I said slime in the ice machine He said Slime in the ice machine He said filthy utensils And roaches on the floor spawn food in the freezer Mouse dropping by the door And Slime in the ice machine Slime in the ice machine Hey there everybody machine. It is May said, 14th, slime 2022 Slime in the ice machine Wow, that's bad Hey there, everybody. It is May 14th, 2021, and this week, the H stands for half-assed, as in half-assed attempt by Major League Baseball to make baseball games more exciting, faster-paced, whatever you want to call it. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about the rule, as of right now, the very controversial rule about extra innings in baseball, starting out with a runner on second base, which was, like I mentioned earlier, and it's an attempt to kind of speed up some of these games that really uh, drag on and on and on. (laughs) Now, after that, we're going to talk about the play-in tournament with the NBA, but real quick with the runner on second. So just a little background on it. The plan was implemented about five years ago, and it was tried out specifically in the uh, World Baseball Classic, and then it was in the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona League. After that, it was implemented to all minor league baseball in 2018. And then after that, it was actually in doubt. Uh, uh, the commissioner of baseball, even like openly said, they didn't really ever think that the plan would be implemented at the major league level. However, last year with the uh, the, the COVID pandemic, the one that's still going on, uh, it, it, they had to really work on the fly and they were trying to make sure the games didn't drag on because these players were having to do like a super condensed schedule. And so they thought this seemed like a good idea to uh, possibly speed those games up and, i lost the word, speed speed the games up for the player's safety because they're going to be playing, you know, it's such a weird schedule. But after that, now that we're back at a mostly regular length schedule, they decided to keep the rule. So that's also kind of controversial because it's like you 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 presented it to us as this kind of just more of an emergency thing because of the weird circumstances same thing with the 7 inning double headers and now they're trying to actually implement that as a regular rule. Now the 7 game, the 7 inning games, I like at face value I wasn't too opposed to it because it, that is a lot of baseball that's 18 innings, but once the the player a couple weeks ago got a a, a no... Uh, the pitcher got a no-hitter that was in one of those seven inning games and they pretty much hit him with the asterisk that it, it wasn't going to, like, really count. That was where I was like, well, that's, that's stupid then. Because if you have these games that don't count, then they shouldn't be, like, regular games. I, anyway, so we're not going to talk too much about that, but we're going to talk about this runner on second. So I went and looked it up. The past three years, or excuse me, the previous three years before uh, they implemented in the minor leagues, I'm sorry, two years, two, 2016 and 2017, they had 345 minor league baseball games that went beyond three extra innings. Once they implemented that rule, it dropped all the way down to 43 extra innings, or I'm sorry, excuse me, 43, extra, uh, 43 games that went beyond three extra innings. So that is a, a pretty significant drop. I mean, if the intention was to make the games not last as long, that's it, it has been successful in that regard. It's also an attempt to get the players away from just swinging for the fences because having a runner on second, in you know, uh, strategy-wise, it's going to encourage more small ball and, and things like that. Now, my problem with it at the major league level is that it's so predictable. It's like all you have to do, and I mean all you have to do, in theory, all you have to do is essentially bunt to get that runner on second to third, and then the second batter can hit a sacrifice, fly, bring him in, and that's really all you need in order to put at least one run on the board. Now, Thankfully, baseball doesn't have sudden death, so if the, if the away team goes first and does that strategy, then the, the, the home team has like an opportunity to uh, do the exact same strategy. So it's not unfair from that regard because it's not like the old NFL rules where it's like essentially who won the fucking coin toss won the game because all you had to do was get within field goal range and kick a, a three points. So it's not bad in that regard. To me, it's bad just because it's unnecessary at the Major League level for two reasons. First is the, uh, we'll just use statistics. So from 20, the, the best breakdown of the statistics I could find was from 2011 to 2016, Major League Baseball games, 3.92% of all games went to the 10th inning. 2.16% went to the 11th. So that's about 5% of games are going to go two extra innings. Not the end of the world. That's At most, that's going to add, what, an hour to the game. However, less than 3% of games go beyond the 12th or the twelfth inning and beyond. So you're talking about a very, uh, and then every inning past 12, it just gets like more and more minuscule. So the lion's share of those were the 12th inning, which again, that's three extra innings of baseball. That's not that long. So for me, just looking at the numbers, it's just unnecessary. It's just not, I, I don't think it's worth challenging the integrity of the game uh, to to speed it up when it's not really that much of a problem. Also, the second reason, the second beef I have with it is you're not going to keep watching a a game that's not exciting. So, in the playoffs, it doesn't matter how long the game goes, people are going to watch. Like, I remember that was 2018, the the Dodgers World, uh, the Dodgers-Red Sox series, uh, they had a game that went like 18 or 19 innings. It was on until like 3 in the morning. And, you know, that's stupid, and I was pissed because I didn't get to sleep very much because I got dragged into watching the damn game. I was It was specifically Larry King. They kept showing Larry King, uh, rest in peace, uh, R- Larry King, big Dodgers fan, in the stands, and I was like, I really want to go to bed, but if Larry King can stay up for this, I can stay up for this. That's a World Series game. Playoff games, That's uh, people are going to watch it, and, and this rule doesn't even apply to the playoffs, so that, that's moot. What I'm saying is, if it's a regular season game, people just aren't going to stick around if the game just drags on and on and on. Like, if it was a super exciting and close game, maybe, but I just, if it's like two teams that are at the bottom of their division, unless you're an extreme homer, I, I just, it just doesn't seem like it's worth uh making everything feel gimmicky like i was surprised they didn't try some kind of a compromise where it's like once you hit the 12th inning or the 13th inning then you have the runner on second uh that that seemed a lot more reasonable uh because yeah because then you're talking those were those can get really it, it can really drag on and stuff now i do like that it does encourage something more than just hitting dingers because i mean i love dingers everybody loves home runs But yeah, like specifically the aforementioned World Series game from a couple years ago that went super long, once you hit like the 14th inning, these dudes are tired. And they're literally doing nothing but just swinging for the fences. Which, once that home run happens, it's really exciting, but it's not the most interesting thing in the world to watch fucking four guys in a row just strike out and strike out and strike out. So, all in all, I'm not in, in favor of this rule. I hope that after this year they get rid of it. Or at least modify it, but uh, at least at least now you have the data from the half assed season last year and this season that it, going into the off season they can actually look at like data and be like, was this worth it? Did it truly speed things up? You know, blah blah blah. Now moving on from baseball, something that is not a half-assed attempt but a whole-assed attempt is that good? So if a half ass if a half assed attempt is bad, would a no ass attempt be good or a f- whole ass attempt? Either way, the NBA has implemented a play in tournament. Same thing as the runner on second. It was implemented more as a just a necessity given the weird ass situation of the NBA bubble and all that other crap, and some of the teams were at a disadvantage because of COVID and the big break. Same deal. They implemented it, and unlike the runner on second, the play-in tournament was uh, well received. So they brought it back. And if you're not familiar with how it's going to be structured, because that's it's going to be going on all next week. So what what happens is is at the end of the season, you have the seven, eight, nine, and tenth seed. The seven and eighth seed will play each other in a one and done game. The winner becomes the seventh seed, enters the playoff. The loser has to play the winner. Of the ninth and tenth seed game, so when nine and ten play, the winner moves on, loser goes home, and then uh, so the the winners play each other, and then the winner of that game becomes the eighth seed. So in theory, going into it, you could have a tenth seed knock out a seventh seed if the seventh seed loses twice in a row. And some people are saying, well, it's unfair, but I, I think it did a really good job of structuring it to where it's like, look, if you're going to go compete in the playoffs. And you can't even win two games against, uh, you know, if, excuse me, if you can't win a game against the ninth or tenth seed, how successful were you really going to be? And what's been funny is that LeBron James has been kind of a, a lightning rod for controversy lately, but he kind of got caught putting his foot in his mouth because last year when the Lakers were hot, he was saying, oh, it's a great idea, whatever, make them fight it out. Well, now the Lakers, because of all the injuries to him and Anthony Davis, they've dropped really far in the rate, uh, rankings compared to to how LeBron's teams normally do. And they're probably going to have to play in this playoff tournament, which as of right now, I'm recording this. I'm out of town right now, so I'm recording this a couple days early. So that's why I'm not talking about any of the specific teams. But like as of right now, it's projected that the uh one of the playing games will be the Golden State Warriors and the LA Lakers. I mean, you want to talk about it from like Adam Silver's perspective of ratings? That is going to be a ratings smash. I, you know, a one and done competition between LeBron James and Steph Curry for a fucking playoff spot. You know, and the losers got to go uh, play another game. I mean, that's ratings. That could possibly be ratings gold. You know, now where it would suck would be it's like if LeBron James, fucking trips and breaks his foot right before the game, and then you, you you've got the one and one without the, the you know all the starters that where it can get a little that could be that would be shitty. That would be shitty to to have the player miss. But you know, if your whole team hinges off one player, then, you know, how successful are you going to be in the playoffs? So I was actually curious, and I should have and I should have known this because I'm a Rockets fan, uh the only team to win an NBA finals at the number or, or the the lowest no I guess highest seed to ever win an NBA finals was the 1995 Houston Rockets you know clutch city so a 7th and 8th seed even before the play in tournament format uh, a 7th and 8th seed had never won you know had never actually made it to the championship so at the end of the day if you're this 10th seed which some of these 10th seeds actually don't even have winning records i mean Is it really messing with the integrity of the playoffs and everything if you're making them scrap a little bit just to essentially get the spot to lose? And then if they, I mean, and then imagine if the tenth seed does pull it off and ends, and then you know maybe there's an upset in the first round. Now you're talking more Adam Silver's perspective, more ratings bomb because, or uh, more of a ratings boom because now you've got a tenth seed possibly doing a fucking Cinderella story. So as a Houston Rockets fan, this particular season, the play in tournament has no bearing on on us because we were eliminated weeks ago. But it did actually help, and I, I did an episode last week or the week before about the remainder of the Texas or excuse me, the Rockets schedule. The the play in tournament actually does help a team like the Rockets, who, you know, were air quote tanking. I don't think it's tanking. I think they just suck. Um because if, cause if they were tanking, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Victor Oladipo. They would have just kept him because he was struggling. But anyway, it, it it benefits the lower teams because it keeps things honest at the tanking level because now you have the fucking 11th and maybe even the 12th seed, depending on how tight it is, competitive till the very end. Like, we're about a week out, or actually, uh, we're less than a week out from the play-in tournament starting, and they're still talking about... How things are being shuffled and who's going where, which normally this is, you know, that's kind of predetermined uh, two or three weeks before the season even ends. And a lot of these are just garbage time games where it's essentially resting the starters. So that's beneficial for the teams that suck because you're, you're not tanking, you're just losing. You're just genuinely losing to these other teams that are still competitive. And that's good from you or you know you and me, the viewer, the fans perspective because that's just giving us exciting competitive basketball. And it's also preventing taking tanking because it's going to make it harder to tank because you actually have teams that are competing. And so these struggling teams, they don't really have to do a lot in order to not be successful because if they're truly not a good team and if they're truly worthy of that lottery pick, they're going to lose because these other teams are still competing to get into the playoffs. So next week when, when I uh, come back from my trip, we will sum up the remainder of the Rockets' season because uh, by then it'll be over and we know we're not making the playoffs. So that'll be it. Uh, We can go over what the percentages are based on our, uh, where we get seated, um, what our percentages are for the lottery pick and all that. And then maybe break down some of the play in stuff, but uh I I'm I'm actually super excited about the play-in tournament. I mean, maybe some people think it's gimmicky, maybe LeBron James is upset and Mark Cuban are upset because they have to do it now. But, you know, again, if you are gonna go beat the fucking Nets or the the 76ers or the Bucks, you gotta be able to get through the fucking ninth or tenth seed. I'm sorry. So anyway, I'm Zip. This is the H's for Hell, and I will see you guys next week. Like what you heard check out more at nrqpodcast.com Productions